This sweater is from the 1950s. I just found it. It's cashmere. I'm wearing cashmere in May in Florida. Is that cashmere? (laughs) 100% from the 1950s. That's right. You told me once that you don't buy new clothes. This is vintage. So like all my animal stuff is is second. Does vintage mean really old? It means I'm not the first person to own it. Okay. I did not start the uh, life cycle of this consumer good. Does it have an old lady smell to it? Never. Okay. Well, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, maybe I smell like an old lady all the time. Joe wants me to lead this one, but really he's done so much more research than me. But here I go. I'm going to transition. If you listened to our last podcast, and you definitely should have because that was a a pretty exciting guest that we had, Rajan Patel is the senior director of search at a little company we call Google. I don't know if you've heard of it. And he talked to us about all kinds of areas that he's an expert in, including, you know, how algorithms work, uh, his wonderful anecdote about how he beat the CDC Center for Disease. I always get confused. Center for Disease Control. CBC is Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. I don't know why I get them confused, but CDC. He sort of beat them in his ability to predict the flu prediction. The flu prediction. Yeah. And so there's a lot of informative stuff there about how it applies to med tech. He's a, a board advisor for one of our clients. Rajan talked about the responsibility of data. That Mm -hmm. was, you know, because we asked about that in regards to Google. And, um, you know, when when you have that much power, uh, do you define what happens and what comes up in search and how that data comes up uh, to the viewer? Because if you think about Google, they're the front door. And that's where we came out with that. They're when you own the front door of a market um, or a vertical, you sort of define what happens in that vertical or in that market. And when you can define what data comes up based on a search, you control the thinking of an entire world. Which we totally saw in the, the 2016 elections, that, that, that unfortunately when you run all the data through a single system and that if it's not properly regulated or if it isn't regulated by, by merit of, of being a free system, you have all kinds of issues with, with misinformed data and data getting to the wrong people at the wrong time. So uh, I think we talk about this a lot. You know, most things that you think are a product are probably actually at this point in time, if they aren't already, they're trying to become a data acquisition system. They're not the thing that you think they are. They're something bigger. And, you know, my opinion, more insidious, your opinion, cool and futuristic. Uh but there are obviously very many examples of this in, in the world around you. We recently acquired an Alexa. She's going to hear her name and say something stupid. And uh, Hey, Alexa, how are you? I'm AI-OK. Exactly. AI-OK. As yeah. in artificial intelligence? Okay? As in nothing. As, oh. in I'm, as, if, as in don't unplug me because then I cease to exist. But what, yeah, you don't allow it to be plugged in here during no, the day. I, do don't apl- I don't allow this to be plugged in. Why? Uh, I just, everything's listening to me already. You know, my dream is to have a flip phone. Like I cannot, my dream is to, to retire one day and have, and be like a total Luddite with no technology <laughs> and live amongst old things. But that brought us into our conversation about a product, mm-hmm. um, that came up in Raj's, uh, uh, conversation, mm-hmm. uh, 23 and me. Yep. Where originally it was viewed as a very cute way to check on your ancestry, um, but when you really start to pull the string back on 23andMe, 
you understand, and even one of the board members said that the long game here is not making money selling these kits. The long game here is the data. Right. And there are over 5 million people already who have subscribed to 23andMe. And for those who are living under a rock, 23andMe, you spit into a little container. You send it off. Just spit? Yeah, spit. Oh, I thought it was blood. No. That's so much better. Spit. You spit into a container, you send it off, and a couple of weeks later, you get a whole bunch of data back on your quote-unquote ancestry, but really they have a reasonable deep dive on your DNA. Right, and, and from what I understand, that now they're collaborating with the FDA. They have FDA approval. It's a 510K product. The FDA right. has approved them for 10 different tests on anything from being a genetic carrier carrier of, there's my New York coming out. Carrier. Carrier out of uh, 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 the BRCA gene for um, breast cancer, uh, Parkinson's. And when people first saw that come out, they thought it was super cute. But when you really peel it back, their initial investor, you know who their number one investor was in the beginning? Google. Oh, right. Yeah. And do you know who the CEO was? Sergey Brin's ex-wife. Right. Um, convenient. Yeah, convenient. Right? Also, I did not know this, but her sister owns YouTube. No, it runs, or runs you. Is the CEO, CEO of YouTube, and YouTube is owned by Google. Google. Right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. I would love to time. be related to that man. It seems like you can do it. I could spit into a cup, and that would be worth a million dollars. <laughs> but when you think about the data and the data analytics, um, they've already got. Um, agreements in place uh, with Genentech and a couple other pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. So here's the upside of it, right. right? You're able to run these massive sort of data sets, clinical data um, based on genetics in order to help develop drugs or mm -hmm. biotech or biologics that arguably might heal something or predict something. Or prevent right? something. Or prevent something. Yeah, stay out ahead. Um, so you always have the yin to the yang on these large data sets. But here's the downside. You might now have all kinds of things from something as innocuous as targeted ads for specific ailments that you have not presented yet delivered to you all the time, like pharmaceutical ads that are targeted to you specifically because they know you are, have a predilection for these things. And that's it. That's whatever. That's an inconvenience. And, and I personally hate advertising. That's why I went into the industry of it. But uh, the the... Other sort of more problematic one is, you know, can decisions be made on your behalf knowing your predilections physically? Well, supposedly, supposedly, if, if we're assuming that your data is not sold, because they'd say that while we're going to keep your DNA code, we're going to throw out your sam sample, right? But we're still going to have your code. And once we have your code, we have your code. It's supposed to be anonymous. And they're claiming that they're no sharing. Names. No names. They're claiming that they're sharing that code only without names to these large biotech plays. To do what? To potentially develop drugs okay. um, and therapies to help heal things or um, be able to predict uh, with a higher level of accuracy. And again, it's crowdsourcing, only the data. Um, but you bring up something interesting. So I did a little reading on this and somebody brought up something and said, okay, when you fill out the 23andMe, you give a credit card number. Right. You give your name. Right. You give where you live. Mm-hmm. You give um, email address. Wait, but if you, let's say we've talked about this, you buying it for the team so we can do it, right. which like, what a hypocrite am I? I See, like, I'm, it's I hard have two phones. not to get pulled in. I know. So, but anyway, whatever. Uh, my point is, you know, if you bought it for all of us, how would they trace that to us? 
What, we'd have to put our credit card number down too? No. No. So when you when you do the test, you go online and you fill out an app. Mm-hmm. And on that app is your name and where do they send the results? What email address do they send the results to? How old are you? Um, all these things you fill out. So they have all this data. Now, there are ways to do it totally anonymously, uh-huh. um, but they can track your IP mm. address and all that. So, mm. yeah. So when you really dig down deep on this, it's data analytics and you're sharing the info. Right. But what is that data going to be used for? That's a really good question, Joe. That's what keeps me up at night a lot. Why? What's the downside to you? Um, well, I, I guess ultimately what concerns me about data analytics and, and why I don't like to plug Alexa in is I think that that as this gets pushed further and further out and, and things are are invented and tested and, and, and developed as norms culturally, uh, we lose a sense of sovereignty. That's really my ultimate concern for all data analytics, for, uh, for all sort of data collection and databasing is, uh, that we remove the sovereignty from people when we start to predict too much of them, because then the idea, I mean, this is a, a theoretical or philosophical one that people have grappled with for centuries, but truly, I think we are in the apex of wondering what is free will. You know, I think for a long time, we thought there was no free will, there was God. And then we came into this age of enlightenment where it was all free will. And now we're in this sort of post-enlightenment period where there is data analytics. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's my concern. Yeah. I, again, you you always, there's a whole argument and a whole discussion had on free will. And I hear you on the data analytics. Here's the interesting thing is data analytics have been used in clinical trials for decades now uh, for medical devices and pharmaceutical, right? So what we do is we take a blind study. We take a person, we give them a placebo, we give them a Mm -hmm. drug. We see what the outcome is on the person. We take that data um, with or without their name Mm -hmm. and we use that analytics to decide will that drug be used or not be used, be approved or not be approved to heal something. And so we've been using data analytics for a super long time. We're just using them at scale now. We're using them in a consumer product. Right. Um, an interesting thing, though, is going back to the 23andMe product, um, they clearly say your your product will never be used or sold alongside with your name. But then there's a little footnote that says, unless law enforcement wants it. Mm. Unless law enforcement wants it, NSA wants it. So you know, we ran into this with Apple with that terrorist with the phone. Right. Right. So they wanted the phone. They got the phone. They went to Apple and asked Apple to crack the phone. Apple said, no, we're not going to do it um, because we're trading away that privacy. It's a whole nother discussion. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and then Apple stood their ground. And finally, the FBI um, or the NSA got somebody smart enough to crack it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 23andMe uh, is going to share your data with law enforcement, right. if law enforcement gets an order in order to grab that. Well, I also think we there's such uncertainty in in the way the legalese is written in a lot of these contracts and, and how it can be circumvented because a lot of this is so new that it's, you know, legalese can only be writ- written in, in retrospect, right? It can only refer to the, to the legal or the legality that's already predetermined. So if something is new, a new horizon, and which 
tech often is, and I think that's what drives it is innovation, then the laws don't necessarily impact it as they are currently written. I think that's 100% what we found with the Cambridge Analytica Facebook scandal. I think that's why Facebook was in hot water and has to change so much of what it does. Is well, that wasn't even interpretive. That was, that was straight up illegal. And, right. and, and you're right. 23andMe has been involved in um, court with the FDA. Their early battles were with um, direct-to-consumer and then taking that data out direct-to-consumer and then using it and selling it. Mm -hmm. And they are selling it. Um, so much though, here's an interesting stat that when 23andMe first came out, the test was $999. Mm. So you didn't get a lot of adoption on it. Right. They quickly dropped the price to $99 just a few years later, Yeah. which brought in a ton of adoption, right? Because again, pointing back to the money's not in the test, mm -hmm. the money's in the 5 million people who've taken the test and then using that data because now you have something, you don't have to do anything with it. You've got it, and all you do is reformat it via a computer and sell that data and parse it however you want to pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies, who are willing to pay for that data because it costs them hundreds of millions of dollars to do a clinical trial and years when you can get that data and just pay straight up 30, 40, 50 million and get it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So again, keep that in mind in everything you do right now, and that's what this discussion sort of is about, is data analytics, crowd sharing of information, whether it's your DNA, pictures of your kids, right? That, think about what you do with data right now. When you take a picture of somebody on Facebook or Instagram, it can already tell you who the person is. I know. Right, I, I know. took a picture of Kate, who's in here with me as my niece, right? She works with us. And when I take a picture of her now, it already puts her in my Kate folder. I'm like, what, 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 what? Right. Right. So data analytics just isn't your DNA that you're paying. Right. But but DNA is is particularly I think scary oh, or it problematic. It just feels more personal. Well, in that in that ultimately uh, my humanity could only really be defied by my corporeal being, and so I think that that's where you have like a an a finite delineation between sovereignty and I mean whatever the future would look like where your entire person is predicted. There. I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting thought because you think about it today, all the people who get arrested three decades later because we had that piece of hair and we weren't able to test for it. Mm -hmm. But now um, technology has allowed us to quote unquote test and find people. Right. So yeah, they're going to have that DNA strand code. And as tech steps up and can do more and more things, maybe eventually you can tell me in the future if you're going to be a mass murderer. Right, like Minority uh, or, Report. That's right. the premise of a film already. You right. know, it's scary. Right. Um, I mean, that's a little more absurd and, and fantasy. There's like psychics who predict it. But I think that, you know, as our understanding of DNA becomes more robust, there are, you know, could you could you study for markers of, of potential insanity? Could you could you study for for very specific markers in in the neurological system that that would determine personality traits, things that would be difficult now to decipher without knowing or, well, or isn't analyzing. Well, that the hope of 23andMe type product? Because we want to see into the future what right. your liability could be. Right now, the liability is personalized to your health. But what if it all of a sudden was outward facing liability to the rest of the world? Right. That you can pick up the next, dare I say, Adolf Hitler, right? Or Joseph Stalin based upon behavioral. Right. I don't know. Aren't you going to do your 23andMe test though? I am going to do it. You know, I, I do. Hey, Alexa. <laughs> you can order it. 
Hey, Ale- no, this is Siri. No, this is Alexa. I this have is Siri Alexa. Hey, Alexa. She's offended now. Sorry, I don't know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Siri? Shocker. Hey, Sergey. <laughs> My phone just said, go ahead, listening when I said, hey, Siri. <laughs> and Alexa's on the other one. I don't think she's talking to me because she's jealous. Hi, Alexa. Can you order me some 23andMe? Amazon's choice for 23andMe is Wisdom Panel 3.0 Breed Identification DNA Test Kit. It's $85.58 total, including tax. Would you like to buy it? That sounds too low. I think we paid a couple hundred bucks. Hey, Alexa. Sorry, I can't tell if you want to make this purchase or not. Hi, Alexa. Are there other 23andMe options? Alexa, what are the other 23andMe options on Amazon? See, what's the point of this? I don't know. Hey, Alexa. I'm going to do it on my phone. Bummer. Yeah, well. Okay, hold on. Hey, Alexa, can you buy 23andMe for me? The top search result for 23andMe is ethnic mixed DNA test. 65 plus. It's $199 total. Would you like to buy it? Yes, I'd like to buy that. Would you like to buy it? Yes. yes. Okay. Order placed and will be delivered by May 25th. Just See one. the Alexa app How many for do we more need? details. By the way, I can now send you notifications about future How many do we shipping need? updates. Oh, I'm Would pulled you like into me her to notify now. you? No. No. No problem. If well, how many do we need? Mind, check settings in the Alexa app to enable shipping All right. updates. You got one. Clear, cl- clearly, one, two, three. we'll have to buy the others offline. But let's do that. Why don't we do a 23andMe yeah, I'm, on I'm the team here? And we'll reveal all your stuff to the world. Uh, I have two passports with different names on it. So I actually, I'm fine. <laughs> so it'll be okay for me. Um, I do have a 23andMe anecdote which okay. is i worked for this artist laurel nakadade michael and i both worked for her she's quite well known and she did a 23andme dna test and she traveled around the country taking portraits of all the people she was related to through 23andme and then those portraits did really well so then she thought these people were kind of crazy and truly they were some of the craziest people i've ever met cool crazy Who sometimes were her crazy. 23andme ancestors yes and so we uh michael and i went with her around the country and she had the actress Natasha Lyonne play her visiting all these people and like meeting them as though she were her again, like restaging the whole interaction. And Michael and I shot that film that never went anywhere, (laughs) but it was really great. But that's my 23 of me story. It can be used for art. So I guess that's cool. 23 of me. Yeah. DNA testing. Oh, yeah. Why is this table such a mess? I came in here and Ryan, Michael, Christina, what? clean your room. Uh, well, we just got back from San Francisco with Procept, which, by the way, like in my defense, is also our client. So and, and the whole time I was at Procept, I was like, don't say Potrero, don't say Potrero. So then I, but they're sister companies. They are. And, and um, they're... What does Procept do? Mm. <laughs> so the, it's, it's, it's a... BPH surgical procedure, um, what it does is operates on a man's prostate. Mm-hmm. And typically, that goes in with a blade. And what this does, it takes a water jet on an autonomous robot, goes up the urethra, mm. for those that are geographically challenged, 
And so when you walk into the cadaver lab, you've got um, a couple cadavers hanging out. Yep. Pretty Literally. much waist down. And that was uh, interesting for you, wasn't it? I got a migraine from you the did. smell. But it's that's the intense. smell because of the cleaning. Yeah. So yeah. Did you guys miss your flight? We didn't miss our flight. It just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Mm. You guys always fly out late in the day because you're out. Well, what did you do before we close out here? Oh, God. So go ahead. Tell the rest of the story. Oh, I just that uh, after shooting cadaver penises all day, I went to a bar that had penises all over the walls. This bar is called Aunt Real Charlie's. Ones? No, photos. Oh, okay. Photos and some videos. Okay. Um, but it's a queer bar. Uh -huh. So, you know, they just put out there what their preferences are. And I've never seen that many penises in my whole life at once. Any penises on the airplane? A lot of dicks, no penises. Okay. <laughs> Bravo. Thank you. Right. Mic drop right there. Anyway, Michael's going to have a fun time editing this one. I want all that left in. Oh my God. Please. This has been another episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings. I think this has been an episode of On the Line. My name's Christina Kay. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Take care.